The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Hello and welcome to the Halloween edition of WTMJ Nights. Happy you are with us. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. That's how you get in touch. As I said, and you know that, that's why would I give the number if you weren't going to get in touch with us. When you call in, you'll be talking to Tommy. He's producing tonight. Be nice to him. You get to me. And if you want to text, hey, our text question of the night, yes, it's Halloween-themed. Of course, it's Halloween-themed. What was your most memorable Halloween costume? Good or bad, your most memorable Halloween costume, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Tommy, it's Halloween. Here we are. Uh, I am going through massive amounts of FOMO, the fear of missing out, because uh, I am doing the show from home tonight because of the weather and the roads, and I was teaching today, uh, and I can hear outside, I don't know, if I, hopefully you guys won't hear it, but I can hear the trick-or-treaters coming to the door, and uh, I'm, I love to answer the door on Halloween. I love to see the little kids come up, and uh, you know, some of them very brave, even though they're very tiny, some of them, they need a little help, because uh, while I, w- I wouldn't say our decorations are terrifying, they are on the spooky side, oh, okay. which I believe is the whole thing for Halloween. It's got to be spooky. Of course. Yeah, you got to get into the spirit. Yeah, so some of the kids are a little, uh, little nervous based on the decorations, but, uh, you know, then they, they come up. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy that part of Halloween. And I have gotten softer over the years, I think. Uh, maybe it's age... You know, maybe it's. Are you used to be like a say thank you and type of guy? I always made him say thank you. Okay. okay. Or or no, I always not thank you. I always made him say trick or treat. Okay. And then I talked to some people, and you know, and then being in school, and there's a lot of kids who are not verbal. There's a lot of kids with uh, different um, different issues and stuff, and so now I've relaxed that rule a bit. Mm I've also relaxed my age limit. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, uh, so it's fun. There, uh, It's getting dark now. We had a nice run while it was still light. What, what was your favorite Halloween costume, I guess, well, if we're most, asking all the people? Might as well right, hear both of ours. It wasn't my favorite, but it was my most memorable. Sure. So remember, I'm uh, aged. I'm, uh, you are. I came up at a time where there were super, you know, we read comic books, so we knew the superheroes, but it wasn't like you could just go to Walmart and get a Captain America costume mm-hmm. or a Hulk costume. There were no, there were no superhero costumes, but I really wanted to be Spider-Man one year. So my ma, who used to make a, a lot of our, all of our costumes, really, they, we found a uh, plastic, you know, the, the cheapy plastic masks that are only the front part and they're held on by a little rubber band. Right. So I got a Spider-Man mask and then my mom took a sheet and made it like a poncho, but drew the spider in the middle and drew the webs out. So I was like a white sheeted ponchoed Spider-Man. A poor man and Spider-Man. I was oh a very poor man Spider Man, but you know what? I loved it. I did because there was nothing to compare it to. It wasn't like I was uh, I was homemade Spider Man, and then there were eighteen store bought professional Spider Men. 
I was the only Spider-Man. You were original. People were like, oh, look the, at that. The Spider-Man. original Spider-Man. I'm OG Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm the badly drawn uh, cartoon that was on TV with the theme song, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, so that was my most memorable um, until uh, until in co- I went to Southern. I've mentioned that before, and they were big. We were known for our Halloween celebrations, and before my freshman year Halloween, my mom made me a full leprechaun suit. So for four years at college, I was a leprechaun for Halloween. Um, pretty pretty big leprechaun. I'm, I could be the world's largest leprechaun. Um, I never went to Guinness. Uh, yeah, the, I, I always said I never went to Guinness, and then I thought, why would you talk about beer? No, they had a world record. Uh, <laughs> so the um, so yes, I was a big leprechaun. So those are my two most memorable. Do you have a do you have a memorable Halloween costume? Uh, I was always really lazy with the costume game. I did go a little bit more this year. Uh, I ended up going out for a little bit. Oh, did you? Yeah, just a little. You know, at the bar I usually go to, kind sure. of thing. They had a, it was actually pretty packed there, so their Halloween festivities worked and their marketing for it. Uh, nice. I went as Magnum PI because I got the I shaved the beard, left the mustache. Okay. My name's Tommy Tom Selleck. That was a vi- that was a big play sure. when people would be like, "Oh, what's your costume?" Because no one understood it uh, until because I don't really. <laughs> I don't really resemble Tom Selleck in a lot of ways, Um, but I got a little $20 Tigers hat, and I own a bunch of Hawaiian shirts. If I took the Tiger hat off, I kind of just looked like you, honestly. That was really (laughs) the costume, but... I, I would have liked to see how that costume, if right. that went over better than Tom Selleck. Yeah, maybe more people know Brian Noonan in Milwaukee than than Magnum PI. Yeah, that was... It would be interesting. It would have been an interesting experiment. Yeah, I was... I was uh, the the puffy Magnum PI, we'll say. All right, very nice. Yeah, and did, were they doing a costume contest at yeah. the bar? Yeah, I actually do have a little bit of a bone to pick with cos- with costume contests. I always feel it. like the the best costume never wins. Yeah, I I would tend to agree with you. It, was it? Did you have? Do you have one in mind? Was it like well, some the costume that, costume? Well, yeah, I I do. I actually appreciate costumes that make you think a little bit. Sure. More than like with that creativity rather than however resembled or gory you get during the season, whatever it is. I uh there was the costume that ended up winning was like a construction man with a hockey mask on, like a like a Freddy or a Jason Voorhees type hockey mask. Okay. And you know, this guy might have just worked in construction. I don't even know anything about him, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a very bland looking costume. And then there's a guy with uh, pumpkin seeds on his face, and he's got a shirt that says Peter Peter. So he's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are. There's, there's much better. I, I like I, that one. <laughs> I appreciate the creativity in costumes more than, yes. you know, how nice they might look or whatever. And I saw another one <laughs> at uh, there was a viral post that went around on Twitter, currently known as X. Uh, yes, thank that, you. Uh, it was. I believe someone had made a costume that made it look like their body was separated from their legs kind of thing. Ooh, all right. And the one who won that costume was, like, dressed as an old lady. What? Yeah, I mean, it was... it was Boo! Right. I, I just feel like costume contests never get the right winner, in my opinion. 
You know why? I think it's because most people are not bright. And we pander, pardon me, the public panders to the lowest common denominator. Like your Peter Peter costume, I'm going to guarantee there was a wide swath of that bar crowd that didn't get it. And if you have to think, it makes things much harder. Right. You know, it's it's so, like a joke. I like a joke where you maybe don't get yes. the punchline right away, you know, and then and yeah. then you laugh about it a second late kind of thing. Like, I was trying to figure out this construction worker with the mask. I don't I don't see a I don't see a hook. I don't you know Right. There's nothing like the Peter Peter I get is hilarious. There was a guy that came uh that rather that at a different party I went to or I I didn't go to it, but I saw a buddy of mine, coworker, that Ended up going at, he's a bigger guy. He wore a big red sweatshirt and dressed his dog up like a grandma. So he was big red and grandma. A big, okay. Big, big red riding hood. Big, oh, big red riding hood. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he also had like a case of big red with him. Sorry. I forgot okay. to mention that. But I, you know, I would, if he's that big with his dog as the, as the, I would say Clifford the big red dog, Mm-mm. which might no. work too, but that's all right. Uh, yeah. I like those. I like some creativity. There's a, a woman I, who was a comic that I knew a long time ago. Now she lives in London. And every year, uh, she makes the most, incredibly creative costumes and I, I follow her on Instagram and they're ju- they're just amazing and the amount of effort that people put in is wonderful uh Kate in Elm Grove sent a picture she was of she says I was very pregnant get it yes and she's got the her husband is wearing a Kool-Aid t-shirt I'm assuming it's her husband or her baby daddy um he's wearing a Kool-Aid T-shirt, and she's got a big red shirt, and the Kool-Aid face is where her belly is. That's a great costume. That is a great costume. Um, somebody said, I'm getting softer because I'm tired of cleaning up uh, pee on the porch steps. No, no, no. I didn't soften up on my decorations. My decorations are still as terrifying as ever. I just, I've softened my emotions of having the kids come. I'm very, I... That's where I'm a, a softy at this point. Not my decorations. I will never be the house with the cutesy, cutesy Halloween decorations. And Tommy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a flex out there. Here's forewarning: this is a flex. Every year we get a n- large number of people taking pictures in front of our. Decorations. Oh, you're that house, okay? I am. I'm. See, but I don't think I am that house. But. Maybe in this neighborhood, in my neighborhood, I am. That. You know what ruined decorations are those projectors. Oh, yeah. They just shoot I, stuff up on right. the house. I mean, they're great ideas. They really are. But I think it's also just a cop-out at the end of the day, too. Yeah, you got to put a little... I don't I don't care if it's... Listen, I, Christmas, Halloween, any, any exterior decoration, you got to put a little something in it. Um, you know, my tombstones are handmade, plywood, and then spray painted oh, with a granite yeah. uh, spray paint with the, uh, you know, and I hand the hand wrote the things. Now I do have one inflatable ghoul. I've got some other uh, terrifying. Things. Oh, I don't think inflatables are cop outs. Like that's no. in the spirit. But you know, when you get the projector that just cycles and moves, yeah, like that's you know, you're just putting in a different it. disc or whatever every week. Yeah, come on, stop it, stop it. Show some initiative. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Chuck says, when I was 10, my sister dressed me up as a woman. My dad thought I was actually my sister. I dressed up as an old woman, I think, 
Seventh or eighth grade, I was an old woman. Um, 414 says, I was a warlock and my witch friend cast a spell on me where I had where I had and couldn't hide. Oh, my goodness. All right, stop it now. Uh, that's, that's, not re- that's not family friendly. Uh, Peter says, at elementary school in the 60s, I won best costume for being an astronaut with a battery-illuminated helmet mask. Dude, that's sweet. I was, uh, so I'm still wearing my costume from school. Uh, the, the last two years, the staff has uh, done a uh, theme costume, all the teachers. So last year, it was uh, all the teachers were minions, and then the principal was Gru, and I forget uh, whoever, whoever Gru's assistant is, uh, that was who the assistant principal was. So last year, I was in full minion attire. This year, they were like, well, let's do... Let's do a thing where all the the principal is Pac-Man, the assistant uh, principal is Ms. Pac-Man, and we're all the ghosts, I guess. Oh, okay. Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got a uh, they sent out a couple links. Hey, you can buy the t-shirt with the eyes already on it, and I was like, "Yes, that's the easiest." So I am uh I don't know who the purple ghost is, but I am the uh, I was the purple ghost today. That might be the slowest one. Is it? I don't know. I just made that up. It's on brand. (laughs) I'm not speedy. I'm not running around. If I'm a ghost, I'm like, I'm already dead. What are you going to do? Matt, it's all personality-based on those ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get the green one to the grumpy one over here. Exactly. Uh, Purple one to the slow one. Let's go. Come on. You going to eat me? You going to kill me twice? I don't think so. I'm I'm just going to It's worth the least amount of points to go after you. Um, So we... Our school... Still has, still lets the kids, because we're, we're preschool through fifth, still let the kids wear costumes, and then we do like a Halloween parade at the end of the day. And it's it's amazing to me how some of the kids, not all the kids, some come in cute little kid costumes like they should because they're little kids. Some of them, it's like um, not, not offensive, but like really scary stuff where I, I, I was in... A third grader today in full Mike Myers mask and the whole thing. I'm like, I don't know if at third grade you should even know who Mike Myers there, is. That is a or Michael Myers, not Mike. Not right. Mike Myers. Not the Shrek. Yes, I yes, got it. Not yes, Shrek. yeah. Not I knew. Shrek. I knew what you were going <laughs> for you. there. There's always a wide range on that. I mean, and it's totally dependent, I guess, on what you choose to expose your children to at that time. I don't think it's anything. If it's all in good fun, whatever. I mean, oh my, yeah, I, it's, it didn't bother me. I told were a lot you, of I'm not a sp- I'm not a I'm not a scary movie person, so I never get into the horror of oh, Halloween. Okay, no, yeah, we had some of the a lot of Ghostface, of course, sure, very popular, easy. Um, some modified Ghostface where there's the blood running through the mask. Uh, that's kind of creepy. A lot of inflatable costumes this year. We had a number of dinosaurs. Oh yeah, that's a good um, one. Those are those are great costumes. The dinosaurs. Those are ones. great costumes. Uh, the kid in my class who was a dinosaur was having trouble with his inflation status mm. as uh, as the parade went on. He was wilting. He just kept <laughs> he just kept wilting and wilting. And I was like, the meteor is heading closer oh. to him. And the head is drooping down, and he can't see, and the tail's all deflated and just dragging on the ground. And I was like, "All right." Once we got back inside, I'm like, "Stop! I got we got to check your motor." Yeah, <laughs> start was, blowing. He had turned it off, or so I don't know. But um, yeah, we had a couple of those, and then there were a number of inflatable costumes of 
I'm guessing anime or video game characters that I had no idea who they were. Yeah. Well, you come from the age at Halloween. You know, that's what we were that's talking true. about. A lot of hobos. I do have uh, the top witches. costumes from this year if you want to get that after the break. I would love to hear them, but I would love to hear them after we do this, Tommy. How's that? We'll do this, and then we'll hear the top costumes, and we'll uh, talk about. We got a lot to talk about. It's going to be. We're going to have some Halloween fun today. So chill. It's WTMJ nights. Spooky, spooky. It's Halloween. We were. Uh, my text question of the night, or our text question of the night. What was your most memorable Halloween costume? Peter did have a question though. So where Brian lives is trick-or-treating tonight in Metro Milwaukee. Only a few outlying communities are doing it on the 31st. Yeah, we're old school on the 31st, and it's till 8 o'clock. So I don't think it'll last till 8 o'clock with the weather the way it is. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think, I listen, I know I'm, uh, I'm an outlier on this. I'm a Halloween purist. Should happen on the 31st. Uh, I was at a party in this guy's homemade Ghostbuster Keymaster colander. One earliest one or easiest one ever bike tire around your neck and a thermometer. You're sick and tired. Oh, now, Tommy, okay. that yeah. fits into your yeah. That's like what I'm going for. Yeah, those are the ones that I appreciate. There you go. Uh, my simplest and most fun costume was where I dressed up as a bandito, and on my bandolero were packages of Fritos. I admire that as a kid who grew up in the 70s. Now people would people would not be happy with that costume. John in Burlington dressed as uh, it for a party, and he won a prize. Yeah, no, Very good. Clowns, I'm out. I'm out on clowns. I have a, I have a fun, a fun clown costume, like a happy clown, not scary at all. I'm out on that it. I, Still out. I know. I get it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a big fan of clowns, but this was this was another one my mom made years and years ago, and um, it's a good costume for school. The kids all love it. Except I have, you know, I wear a crazy wig with it, brightly colored, and some of the, even some of the fifth graders were like, "Is that your real hair?" I'm like, "You saw me yesterday. What do you, what, what are we?" Just get the you perm here? going next day. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Uh, all right, Tommy, you said you had a list of the most popular costumes before we have to go, or do we have? Should we wait till after? Yeah, the news? we'll wait till after again. Will oh, that's a tease. Yeah, that is a tease. All right. Oh my goodness, Dan in New Berlin. I'm 70 now. This will be a good way to go to the news. Uh, I'm 70 now, but my parents dressed me up as Adolf Hitler. Authentic German helmet and medals. I was about 9 or 10. I still have the helmet and medals. I think I scared people or they were shocked. Yeah, you think so, Dan? You think? Uh, yeah. Jeez. Wow. That is... <laughs> wow. Even 70 years ago, that had to be... <laughs> All right. That... Quit, quit Stalin. Let's go to break. We got to go to break. Bye. <laughs> It is Halloween on WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank. Talk and text line, Old National Bank. Get old. All right, before the break, we were talking about, obviously, Halloween and Halloween costumes and what I saw today at school. A lot of inflatables. Uh, in uh, my class, we had, uh, we had a Velma. Uh, or a Daphne, rather, mm. from Scooby-Doo. Yep, always good. Um, I'm trying to... A lot of... We had a ghost face. I had a couple other, uh, like, skeletons, that kind of thing. Um, some princesses and a witch. What else? 
Uh, the what's the uh, the creature from um, Stranger Things? The demogorgons. Oh, demogorgons. Yep. Demo mm -hmm. I had a demogorgon. So uh, a lot of things. But Tommy, you said you had a list of the most popular costumes. Yeah, I have the top five uh, 2023 Halloween costumes as reported from CNN Entertainment. So I don't know Ooh. how qualified they are to do it, but. You know, I have Who the knows? list, and All we right. did guess a little bit about them uh, last show, I believe. Maybe it was two yeah, shows let me ago. See, let me see if I can make a couple guesses. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to say Barbie. Barbie. Barbie is the on. number one costume on this list. The first one made a billion at the box office this year. Uh, it's almost guaranteed, they said, to appear at your local Halloween party. I did see a few Barbies this year. I am. Uh, I saw there was on the um, the local news this morning. They were at the children's hospital, and they were doing that thing where they dressed all the infants, all the babies in the NICU and stuff, as either Barbie or Ken. And some of the nurses were dressed as Barbie. So I figured that was going to be a thing. Um, that was one I of the two female costumes in here. That there's three male costumes now, predominantly right. male costumes. I would say. So Barbie is the is one female. Taylor, T Swifty got to be the other. Oh no, no Taylor Swift on this one. Hold That's a on. good guess. Good guess. Hold on, another female character. Uh, uh, is Frozen still a thing? Is it Elsa? No, not Elsa. I think these are more adult based. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I would guess at least just from the list. That doesn't strictly say that. Jada but. Pinkett Smith. No. No, uh, tw that would have been good. The year of the slap, that would have been a good one. Um, <laughs> well, she's been, she, oh, she's a, on every news outlet she's all all the time. Yes, still still she's relevant, a, still relevant in some capacity. Sure, still yes, um, <laughs> still. All bald. right, I give I give up. Who's the other female? Uh, Wednesday Adams, the Adams family. Oh, yes, sure. that is kind of been back into fruition now. With uh, it was one of the top Halloween costumes in 2022 after the okay. Netflix released their spinoff of it. And I believe they made another children's like animated version not too long ago as well. Oh, so, really? yeah, I know they've made a couple of them in the Adams family that are kind of rebooted. Uh, that that's the other female. That one was listed at four. So, did you watch that Wednesday show? I did not. No, I heard it was good, but then I heard it was also geared toward uh, teenage girls. Yeah, so like and the I exact thought, well, that opposite. Might be creepy yeah, if right. I'm sitting there watching a, you know. Talking to the kids, to the girls, hey, do you watch Wednesday? Yeah, creep. I do. Leave me alone. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So now we're done. Now we've got the two females. So Barbie and Wednesday Adam. Yes. They're two, now, number two, number three, and number five costumes still here. All right. I'm going to go with Spider Man. Spider Man on the list, but specifically the Miles Morales suit, the black Ooh. and red, because of the popularity of Across the Spider-Verse this yes. year as well, too. Okay. Uh, I so it's the love that Miles pick. Morales Spider-Man. Yes. So the, the right. black and red suit rather than that red and blue suit kind of thing you see typically. The, the old school spider That one came in at number three, yes. Okay. Number two was another popular movie of the summer. I mean... Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, yes. Another one. Right. Kind Ooh. of a typical look you can pull off pretty easily as long as you got a suit, right? Just get the yeah, weird hat. Yeah, fedora, you're yep. pretty good. And you, you nail the Oppenheimer look. Number five, uh, not expected. Did not think that... I don't think I would have made this guess, but it is topical to your Chicago roots, I think. To my Chicago roots... Uh, um, 
I was going to say Trump, but he's not typically. No, no, I don't think so. No. Uh, Not a good costume either. Boy, is it uh, it an athlete? It is not an athlete. It is a TV show that is based in Chicago. Jerry Springer? No, no. Isn't he in Hartford, (laughs) Connecticut? I thought they were all out there. Well, yeah, he's he's there now, but he started here. He made his bones. It is. uh, Have you seen the show? Bear, I believe the bear. Oh, so uh, yeah. All right, so it's the head, the chef from yes, Bear. Yes, Jeremy Allen White's character. Jeremy Allen White's character in the Bear. Another one. Uh, I I have never seen the show. I don't know what it's on. It's on FX, I guess. So it's cable yes. television show still. But apron and bear ears, and it's pretty much an easy costume, just like that. That's the other one that popped oh, up in the, the top five. They put the bear ears on. Yes. All right. That's that's a little uh, it's a little heavy-handed. I would have liked I saw um somebody uh, on my feed their their son who's in college had dressed up like that character yeah. and it was just the white t-shirt, the blue apron and then he had put uh some of the tattoos on that uh the character had. There yeah. were the I, I've never I've never seen the show, so I have no idea what it's about. Is he turned into a bear? No. Uh the bear is a nickname for um it's it's like a nickname for their last name. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I I'll tell you, the first season I watched the whole thing and I hated it. All right, and then everybody's like, oh, the second season is is different. It's better, and I I I got lulled in. The second season was better, but it's still I don't know. It's a little pretentious for me. Mm, all right. Oh yes, chef. Oh, but, but shut up. Um. All right. Well, those are those are good. Those are good costumes. Nothing. Nothing that lays out the creativity that you demand. No, all just topical stuff for the year of 2023, which is, all right. you know, coming close to an end. Halloween's when you get to that season, right? That's it. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, I don't know, you know, thankfully, thankfully I didn't have to go to any costume parties. Uh, I would have probably just broken out my minion suit from last year. Mm. <laughs> Another good one. Yeah, I could yeah. see you rocking that. Oh, dude, I'll send you a picture. I was crazy. Plus, I was in a boot because I had just had foot surgery. So I'm a minion in an orthopedic boot. I was Gimpy Minion. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin, I was, yeah, I was Kevin the Gimpy Minion. Um, so, all right, this is a, this is a, lot, of, a lot of people debate this. Uh, we touched, maybe we touched on this. Um, or maybe, do you have a sister who's in, is it you or Matt who has the sister who's in like seventh grade? I do have a sister in middle school, yes. Okay, then it was, then it was you. And we talked about how it was okay, you know, in middle school, that's uh, perfect. You'd still go to Yeah, I feel like 12, 13, like you're still fair to go. Well, this is one of the places that I've softened. Because I used to think if high school kids are coming around trick-or-treating, they're freeloading punks. And then I thought to my, over the last couple years, I have softened on that thing. And I'm like, you know what? Despite the fact, and a lot of proof to the contrary, a lot of high school kids are still kids. Sure. I mean, technically, they're all still kids, but some are still, like, not jaded, just still want to have a good time. Yeah. And they're not out destroying anything. They're not out causing mischief. They're coming around, and they're usually toward the end of the night. You know, I think, uh, like I said, trick-or-treating ends about 8, so... You know, between seven fifteen and eight, that's when the that's when the uh, high school kids come around, and 
Some of them just have a pillowcase. I've had a couple come with, they come with their friends. They don't have a bag or anything. They're just hanging out. It's like, okay. So I used to be, you know, one of these get off my lawn kind of cranky guys. As you, yep. I'm still cranky and I'm still a get off my lawn guy, but not when it comes to teenagers who want to trick or treat. Cause you know what? I'd rather have them come to my house. I bought the candy anyway. I'm either going to give it to them or I'm going to eat it and wallow in self guilt or wallowing guilt and shame. So I'm okay with that. But some towns around the nation have started to to pass laws saying that kids over like uh, 13 or 14 cannot trick-or-treat at all. And one place in um, Belleville, Illinois, requires anyone over 12 to get permission of the mayor or chief of police oh if they want to wear a mask or disguise. Um, for all our complaining about kids not being kids anymore, then when there's a day when they could actually still kind of embrace that childhood part of their upbringing, we go, nope, now you're too old. Well, so I'm, I don't know. I don't think... I think once you're out of high school, you got to stop. Well, that's a little the weird. whole permission thing is a little weird at that point. I mean, oh, you, yeah. I think you have the right to refuse candy, no matter how curmudgeon you might seem from that. But still, like, we're, we're going to make 12-year-olds go to City Hall to get approved they can go <laughs> trick-or-treating. What is the... You're 12. What is They're the baseline for that? Like, nope, he's got a mustache coming in, like, can't yeah, go really. anymore. Like, what's, what's on. going on with that? What's... Yeah, you... You talk again. Like your younger. voice changed a little bit. Right. Is your voice changing? Yeah. Get out. No free candy for you. Sing this octave right here for me. We'll judge <laughs> if you can go get Halloween candy. If you sound like Peter Brady doing It's Time to Change, then that is definitely not, you cannot trick or treat anymore. It's just like history. It's like the citizenship test, but it, like how, <laughs> how much you don't know means you can go and trick or treat. I don't remember when I stopped trick or treating, but I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing I went at least my freshman year of high school. Ooh, I don't think I did. I don't think I went after that. But I also sometimes would, you know, escort my younger brothers. Sure. And just kind of hang out. Well, that doesn't count. I, that's not you no, going to get the me. candy. Well, I trick-or-treated in their bags when I got home. Yeah. Because you owe the house. Everybody, you always, always owe the house a percentage. Yeah. You, you always had to, when I went as well, like mom, dad, come get to pick through it as well. Oh yeah, you, that's that's a thing. And my daughter, my daughter loved the idea of getting candy. She didn't really eat too much of it. Yeah, but she wanted to get as much as she could. It was the it was the hunting and gathering of the candy. It's <laughs> the she chase. Enjoyed. She enjoyed yes. the chase, and then she was bored with it. Yeah, you know, much like people in relationships, they chase, chase, chase. Then they get what they want, and they're like, eh. <laughs> so she was like that with Halloween candy. So she never really got mad if we picked through it. Uh, but I do remember my dad would always, he'd always pick the best stuff too. <laughs> but yeah, I, so if you're out there, if, if a kid comes to your door tonight and they look older now, we got to remember too, there's some, there's some older kids who maybe are not, maybe are not developed full. They're still, they're still little kids in their heads. You know, due to whatever. Um, so, just what? Either turn off your porch light and close the door, or just give whoever comes to the door some candy. 
what is it? What does it hurt? You know? Now, if I wander up to your door, call the police first, but then give me some candy that I have uh, that I can eat while I wait for them to throw me in the who's gal. All right, we got to do. Oh, Tommy, you're gonna you tell me to quit stalling. We got to <laughs> take another break. It's WTMJ. <laughs> A lot of Halloween music tonight because it is Halloween. Last Halloween story, and then we've got some uh, uh, more important, not more important, but uh, a couple different things to talk about after 7 o'clock. But uh, this is, I have never been a proponent of dressing up your pets, either in winter garments or now, if you have a, a tiny dog and you live in a frigid climate, you throw one of those winter like one of those winter wraps on there. That's not what I'm talking about, dressing up a dog. You know what I mean by dressing up a dog. Putting him in a little bow tie, putting her in a tutu, whatever. Um, but I am alone in this, I think. I am, a, I am the man shouting at the wind because Americans spend $700 million on costumes for their pets. $700 million for pet costumes. When we got our first dog... Uh, her first Halloween with us, my wife wanted to dress her up. And because we were newly married, I wanted to stay married. So I let my wife put a costume on her. And I could see the dog looking at me like, please put me out of my misery. Why are you doing this to me? I've been nothing but nice to you. And I was like, dude, I understand. But, you know, talk to her. So the closest we've ever come after that to dressing our dogs was to get a little collar. That had a like a spider on it or something. Pumpkins or whatever it might be. Yeah, so yeah. nothing, nothing elaborate, nothing that screams. Oh, look, my dog is dressed up. Um, my wife also took the first dog to get her picture taken with Santa. Um, we don't do that anymore. Yes. Yeah, so according to the National Retail Federation, we spend nearly three quarters of a billion dollars on cat and dog costumes. Uh, Tommy, you had most popular people costumes. You want to take a. Uh, a gander or a guess at, uh, I have four of the top hmm. pet costumes. Okay. Well, I would guess hot dog being in there. That is one of them. Yeah. All right. Like a wiener dog doing that. Um, oh, what else have I seen? I don't even know. Princess? No. No. Um, Good guess, though. I'm thinking like a pea pod. Like the dog just pops out on the other oh. end of the pea pod. That would be a good guess. That was my daughter when she was an infant. That was her costume, yeah. not a pet costume. No, I, um, I'm not I'll sure. Give you, the one is an insect, one is a vegetable, and one is a mammal. Okay, well, the insect, I would go s spider count. I don't know. Close. Bee. A bee, bee is the insect. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and then a mammal, and what was the other one? Uh, a vegetable. A carrot, cucumber. Close. Think Halloween. Pumpkin. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. All right. Pumpkin, hot dog, bee, and the final one is a bat. Oh, all right. Yes. My daughter dresses her dog, uh, Walter, up every year. Last year he was here. He was in a hot dog costume that lit up. Uh, very festive. And uh, the first year she had him, he was a werewolf, and he won a big prize in <laughs> when they were in New Orleans. A dog treat. At the... Yeah, it was uh, no. I think uh, I think she won like a year's worth of daycare or something. For oh the dog. wow, that, that is yeah, good. She, yeah, she won a big prize. Uh, all right, we got to take a break. News is next, and then we will talk about the rise in something that is very, very disturbing. We'll get to that and so much more in the second hour. It's WTMJ night. 
Hour two of the big show. Glad you're here. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Feel free to get in touch with us because it makes the show more interesting when it is a conversation and not just a monologue. If you are if you are Jewish, this is a rough time. Uh, obviously, uh, the war between Hamas and Israel is going on now, and that is spurring a lot of arguments in this country between uh, supporters of Palestinians who are not in Hamas and supporters of Israel. But there's something much more troubling, and it's a domestic threat that is going on. Uh, the FBI director today was on Capitol Hill, and he said anti-Semitism is reaching historic levels in the United States. Now, not being Jewish, I'm not affected by this, and I hear stories about the rise in this kind of uh, hate crimes and anti-Jewish sentiment here that has nothing to do with Israelis over there, and I'm wondering, if you're Jewish, are you finding this to be true that there there is an increase i'm not saying it's not happening i'm just wondering if the media is trying to hype this up a little more but even if it's not as bad as the media is reporting the fact that it is still happening is unconscionable to me i don't i don't understand the why you would hate somebody because of their religion um I understand not, you know, believing in somebody else's religion. That's fine. Uh, I understand worrying that this country is taking a turn toward theocracy, which bothers, which should bother everybody, because it's not a theocracy of all religions that people want. It's a theocracy of one particular religion, and if you are not of that religion, well, eh, too bad. Uh, you can, uh, you know, according to a lot of uh, politician stuff, you can believe it, but you know you're wrong, right? Um, but yeah, so anti-Semitism on the rise, uh, according to Christopher Ray, who is the FBI director, quote, this is a threat that is reaching in some way sort of historic levels, which is a very terrifying sentence if you think of how bad anti-Semitism has been throughout you know, history, and in the not-so-distant past. The FBI director said that was in part because the Jewish community is targeted by terrorists really across the spectrum, including homegrown violent extremists, foreign terrorist organizations, and domestic violent extremists. And he goes on to say, in fact, our statistics would indicate that for a group that represents only about 2.4% of the American public, Listen to this. This is shocking. They account for something like 60% of all religious-based hate crimes. How, how do you explain that? I can't. I, I don't understand it. You know, it's, but that's it. Uh, the FBI is tackling the rise in anti-Semitism through a series of law enforcement efforts, including Joint Terrorism Task Force, hate crime investigations, and intelligence sharing. Uh, not a time for panic, says Director Ray, but it is a time for vigilance. We shouldn't stop conducting our daily lives, but we should be vigilant. He said, you often hear 
uh, the expression, if you see something, say something, that's never been more true than now, and that's probably partly why the American people are reporting more tips and lead to, leads to us, and why we're pursuing those threats and leads as vigorously and responsibly as we can. Um, yeah, it's still shocking to me when you'll see on the news sometimes either a, a synagogue or a home or a business um, has been targeted and their swastikas painted on it. That's still, uh, you know, I thought we got rid of all the all the Nazis and stuff back in World War II, but obviously we didn't. Um, there has been an upturn. There's, you know, the chance that we're going on in Charlottesville. Um, so this is, it's not, I know it's a little uh, detour from the good mood that we had set in the first hour, but I was I was very shocked by that statistic, that while... Jewish people make up only about 2.4% of the American public. They account for 60% of religious-based hate crimes. And for the life of me, I just can't figure it out. Um, I To say, oh, I have Jewish friends sounds like a platitude. <clears throat> Pardon me. But it's not. It's true. Because quite frankly, I, I rarely know somebody's religion until well after we've been friends, you know, that's not my, it's not my first question. It's not, um, how I see it now, unless, unless you're in a neighborhood, like when my daughter was living in New York, she lived in Brooklyn and she was very close to, um, a Hasidic neighborhood and there's Hasidic neighborhoods in every major city. And, you know, those people are dressed in their traditional clothes, and they have the men have, and I I don't know the exact name for the curls that hang down their hair, but then you go, oh, okay, you can see from a distance that that person is Jewish. What what spurs that hate? And I guess if we could answer that question, maybe we could solve it, but it, it seems very irrational, and that's what most hate is. It's based on. Ignorant thought, fear, um, and usually misplaced fear, you know. Um, but anyway, they're just something to keep in mind, just something to question uh, as you go about your day. If you hear, you know, if you hear people making those kind of statements, don't be afraid to to report it if, if you think it's a credible threat because now it's seeming more and more the threats are credible. And... Uh, it's, you know, we, we saw this, we saw upticks in different kind of hate crimes when, you know, Muslims were being irrationally targeted after 9-11. You know, um, people who, who had lived in this country for decades and were, or were Muslims who were born here, suddenly they were becoming victims. We saw during COVID uh, anti-Asian crimes increase. Because somehow the Asian person who lived in your neighborhood and has lived there your entire life, suddenly they were to blame for whatever. So it's around us, and it, uh, it's still shocking and surprising. All right. Just had to get that little bit of, had to get a little preaching out of the way there, Tommy. Sometimes we've got to turn a discerning eye to something. Uh, Use your something platform, little, King. Use your platform. Yeah, listen, I preach. Preach it out. All right. This is this I think is a very interesting thing. Uh, we're going to talk in a minute about banning cell phones in school, and 
how some places are doing it, how other places are doing it, and whether you think it's a good idea or not. 855-616-1620. We'll get to all of that after this. It's WTMJ Nights. Great tool. But we also know that they can be unbelievably distracting and quite a time suck for adults, let alone kids who are in school. So there have been a lot of uh, calls for banning cell phones in school. And uh, I know like, I'm in a grade school. Our grade school, you can have your cell phone in your backpack, in your locker, but you can't have it out during the day. You know, if you need to call your parents after school or right before school, that's fine. But once you're in the building, um, can't use your cell phone. Can't have it. And I think that's great because, first of all, uh, kids up to fifth grade don't need to be having a cell phone at school. But I get, I get the after-school thing. If you're so, I'm I'm fine with kids having phones. I'm just wondering how much they should have them in school. The reason I brought this up is um, this story is out of Florida, and there have been. Listen, I know there has been a lot of crazy bills and laws signed by DeSantis down in Florida about schools and books and this and that. But Florida did pass one law that is getting bipartisan support. So this is, uh, this is a good one. Um, there are just that public schools uh, are supposed to set their own rules for allowing phones in school. And most of them are saying, okay, you can have phones... Uh, you get a phones in the building, but you can't use them during class. But one district has really taken it hardcore. And they're saying, listen, uh, not only can you not have them, you're not supposed to have them, but you can't use them even at lunch. You can't use them at uh, your study hall. If there's something going on, you can't uh, ask to go to leave class and call home. So there's the opposite. That's the uh, the one end of the spectrum. The other end is you just do whatever you want. And then somewhere in the middle is the ones where okay, you can have you can have your phone in your pocket. Uh, you can't use it during class. If we you know if you're in the bathroom messing around. That's it. Now, part of the reason that these laws are being passed and cities around the country and districts around the country, rather, are looking at this is because of social media. It's because of bullying that's been happening on social media. It's TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. Not so much, you know, Facebook, they still always list it, but I don't know uh, many young people, you know, in high school or, or grade school or middle school that are using um, Facebook. But anyway, the point is that kids are getting bullied and they're getting bullied during school on Snapchat and stuff. You've got, um, you've got people, and we've all seen these viral videos, a fight happens at school and people are recording it and then posting it. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that kids don't need to be recording and then using as leverage to belittle somebody else. Um, so I, as I was thinking about this, first of all, I don't, I don't think the zero tolerance policy is worthwhile. 
I don't think you could tell a kid, listen, at lunch, especially when you're in high, these are high school kids now. If you're a senior in high school or a, any kid in high school, at your lunch, if you need to make a call home or whatever, that's fine. I think the school has a right to monitor different accounts. And if your school, if you, if you post a video on one of your social media accounts that shows some sort of bullying and you tag the school or you tag a kid or somebody reports it, well, then they have to have rules in place to discipline a kid for that. But you can't, you can't take away a kid's phone 100%. You can definitely and should definitely ban it in the classroom. There's no need for a teacher to have to compete with a cell phone in the class. You can keep it on. You can keep it in your pocket. Keep it uh, in your with your books, whatever. Can't bring it out during class. And the other reason I'm a little bit lenient toward kids having them is because in this day and age, with all the, the shootings and the violence at school and those kind of issues, what good is my kid's phone going to do if I make them leave it in their locker? And suddenly there's an active shooter or some other sort of emergency, and they can't contact me right away. That doesn't make sense. So we have to find some way. Now, Tommy, you're, you've been in school much more recently than I have. Yeah. Uh, because we didn't even have landlines back then. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell was looked on yeah, as a Yeah, you sent a, a telegram to your mom. Yeah, yeah. got it. Mm -hmm. I would. It was very hard. And then I had to get, you know, I'd send a telegram or I'd have to go flag down a Pony Express rider Kids as Kids don't know by. enough Morse code these days either, yeah. That's the other thing. They don't. They don't know Morse code. They, they don't know, know the cursive. flags. They can't signal with flags. <laughs> you know, can't get on top of a building and send some sort of SOS that way. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of issues. But now, all right, let's go back a little bit when you were in high school. Yeah. Did, was there a policy when you were in high school regarding cell phones? Uh, there was, but it was pretty loosely followed. Um, I do think I. I agree with your logic on the idea of this. I do have, I think, I, I think I'm just meaner in this way of, I, I think of it as if a kid wants to go on their phone, you know, I, and that's my maybe like I'm closer to college brain where like, you know, go whatever. Like I, I understand how it could be a distraction as a teacher if you want to talk to all the kids. I had plenty of teachers that, would just tune it out, whatever. If they're not going to pay attention to my class, they're not going to pay attention to my class. That tends to be the idea that I adopt. Now, when it comes to younger children, absolutely not. Like, you don't need your phone in your third grade class and sitting on your phone all day, interact a little bit with people, yada, yada, yada. I do also think that I don't know if this issue would solve the cyberbullying. It sounds like it would put the cyberbullying off the hands of the school. Meaning what? I'm not, I'm not following you on that point. Meaning I think they don't really necessarily want to negate cyberbullying, or, well, maybe they do, but they really want to get rid of it off the school grounds. Well, I think, no, I... That's what disagree. the idea sounds think, like a little bit. What I think, no, what I think it is, is they realize if you don't have your phones at school, 
a lot of these um, videos of people fighting or, or, sure. or throwing a desk, those can't be recorded. Yeah. Now, does that mean there, there was cyberbullying as soon as there was an internet? Right. So they they know they can't stop it altogether. But if they can take one aspect of it out, and if you don't have, like, this, the school that banned them all together argued that the kids were interacting more as human beings. Oh, I, and, I completely agree on it, that point. That's why I, I, I totally so can side with you on that. It would, but they, I don't think the schools are trying to get away or shift the responsibility. I think the schools are trying to find a way to say, okay, how can we mitigate this awful behavior at least while the kid, we can't, schools can only control the kids from eight to three. Right. You know, once you leave here, hopefully your parents know. You know, now the parents are involved because they've heard their kids can't have their phones. So, all right, is this going to spill over and now the parents are going to be a little more uh, on top of things too? Maybe. But I don't think I don't think it's to get away from the responsibility. I think it's a way to cut back one Not even to like one keep limb things in-house a little bit. If a fight goes out, you don't want your school to be on social media showing that there was a fight breaking out. I don't. I, Do you well, think it stops uh, course, more fights? No, of course they right? don't want. Of course they don't want that out there. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to curb some curb behavior. But I also don't think then it serves as, a, as an example. Um, you know, because kids do like to mimic what they see. Right. And if you're, if this is out there, or kids also like to perform, and so do adults. That's the whole. That's ninety percent of the full, full agreement on exists. anything pre-high school, put caps on the phones, you know, don't allow them in the classroom, don't allow them in the work, whatever it might be. Once you get to high school, I think of it in a, I don't know, the, the only harsh term I can think of is like a natural selection on that. Like if you're choosing to go on your phone, like that's that's getting on you and on the parents. Well, I, see, I'm going to disagree with high school too. I think in college you do what you want because you're an adult. Now you're still paying for those, you're paying for those classes. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're at a public school in high school, uh, yes, we could argue, yeah, your parents' tax money is going to pay, but your parents aren't paying tuition. Sure. Uh, so your education is, for all intents and purposes, free. Once you get to college, you're making the choice to be there. Yeah. You're making the choice to pay these things. If you want to be on your phone and throw your money away, okay. That's fine. That's probably why college instructors are like, I don't care. Be on your phone. Uh, you know, I'm getting paid. These kids are paying. Uh, the people who want to learn are going to learn. In high school, it's still a different thing because you're still not technically an adult. You know, maybe as you get to the end of your senior year, you're turning 18. But you're still a kid, and you do have to – there are rules. And whether – there's – Plenty of ways, Tommy. Uh, maybe you forget. There's plenty of ways if a kid doesn't want to study that he doesn't have to study or he doesn't have to do his work. Uh, maybe they just ignore the clock. Maybe they don't look at the time and say, hey, I have a responsibility to take a break. And so they don't. And then all of a sudden their producer gets mad at them. And so the host has to go, hey, we got to take a quick break. Then it's news time on WTMJ Nights. Nights. Outside my window, Halloween spooks behind the trees. The Halloween spooks are not too scary for you tonight. 
that everything is good. Final half hour of the broadcast. Glad you're with us. Uh, after 8 o'clock, it is Justin Garcia with Bucks Weekly. Uh, so that'll be fun. We were talking about phones. How old were you when you got a phone, Tommy? Uh, I was still... I was... Like, I didn't quite... I got a flip phone in sixth grade, I want to say. Fifth or sixth okay. grade. And then I didn't get a... I got a sliding phone with, like, the keyboard Ooh. Uh, in... Like very shortly after, because you could just switch the SIM card. So maybe a year or two later, and then right. I think I got my first smartphone, like just after middle school, maybe going into high school. And it wasn't an iPhone; it was just like a generic Samsung. And I got an iPhone probably later into high school. Now, did you were you in activities and stuff that you needed it? Did you feel did your you feel you needed to be in touch? What was the like in sixth grade, what was the impetus for getting a phone? So, I did, and, oh, go ahead, finish here. No, go. I, because I, I just, and it's not judgment. I'm just like I was trying to remember when my daughter got hers. I think she was in high school. So the split household uh, with divorced parents oh, got okay. me a phone. My dad actually got the phone for me, and then with his snarky remarks, being like, "Well, then I don't have to guess if it's you or your mother calling me." So, <laughs> oh, but that's nice. that that kind of <laughs> stems it to, you know, if I had to call him on my if I had to call him, it was always on my mom's phone kind of thing, and now he's like, "Now you can just call me." So, I got a flip phone in sixth grade. Oh, all right. Well, that okay. See, so that's I get I get that situation too. The I ask because I'm wondering like. I often wonder what age is too young. Like the other day, I was in second grade. And this was a kid who was in my first grade class last year. And I said, uh, she said, oh, I, I said, what are you doing for the weekend? It was Friday. She, oh, I'm, I'm getting a new phone. And I'm thinking, you're seven. I said, what do you mean you're getting a new phone? Well, I'm, I'm, my mom is getting a new phone, and I'm getting her phone. And I'm like, okay. What does a second grader need with a phone? Because there is there is an age where you go, all right, now it makes sense. This kid is in act after school activities, or um, some days they go to aftercare, and some days they get picked up. So if there's a change in plan, I can call them, or they can call me, and we can get everything straightened out. Um, I would say that number in my head now is like ten years old. Okay, that puts you at about fifth grade, starting fifth grade. Yeah. You know, you can get a phone then. You know, 10, you're starting to do more. There's more sports that become available sure. and after-school activities for fifth grade. I know band started at, like, fourth grade at my school or orchestra, yeah. and band started in fifth grade. And so there's some clubs and things. Sports so I get, yeah, start to become more relevant when you're 10 before anything else. And so I think that's, like, the number in my head. Now, do I think you need the newest iPhone when you're 10 years old? Absolutely Ooh. not. But I do think that... I can be convinced where you get in. Now they don't even make flip phones and slide phones really anymore. I loved, so the, I loved the flip phone. I mean, you're going to have to get a smartphone now at yes. 10, but I, I think 10 years old makes sense. And I know, I don't know how healthy it is, but the screens, give give them a screen if they're acting out a little bit. But usually just give them your phone or something during that. But if you had a designated tablet, yeah. that makes it easier. I think a phone is like 10 years old. All right. I well, my nieces are uh, my nieces are in that age range, and you know, from like, oh boy, now it's sad I can't remember. But let's say they're they're still in elementary school. Um, I think the oldest one's in sixth grade, 
and then it's down to like uh, third grade. And they have a phone, but they it's one where you can only you can only like you could you pro my my brother and sister in law program in the numbers. So they have their moms, their dads' numbers, and they can only receive calls from people who like they can only make calls to mom and dad. It's like the old jitterbug. Kind of. Yeah. And they can, you know, there's there's the other things around there or certain features around there, but like they can text they can text people who are on an approved contact list or whatever. So like they could text me and I can text them and they they get those or they can FaceTime my mom, you know, cuz she's on the approved list. So that that way I think I think what I always worry about and it's not it's not the, you know, oh, kids today blah blah. There's it's much scarier to have a kid nowadays than it was when I was a kid or even when my daughter was a kid. It's just there's there's too much out there that can go wrong and that doesn't mean to live in panic but you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh before when we were talking off there, just quickly about your email getting hacked. Well, people's email gets hacked, their Facebook gets hacked, things get hacked all the time. If you're a little kid, you're not as savvy. There's a lot of adults who aren't tech savvy. Kids probably are more tech savvy when it comes to running things. You know, I can ask a kid at school, hey, how do we launch this? What, what do I do on this app? And they could tell me, but they're not paying any attention to, you know, the possibility of being hacked. And with not only just being hacked, but there's a world of sick, twisted people out there. I don't know. I think I think we open too many doors that give access to our kids that we don't we don't really need to. You know, uh, one of my one of my nieces had this kind of watch, and it is it was like the jitterbug, where it was just she could get texts from my brother and my sister in law, and she could respond to those, and that was it. And I was like, well, that that's basically what a lot of people argue you need the phone for, to keep in contact with your parents. Well, this little watch deal, that was that was doing the job. I don't know. It's uh I'm glad I'm glad my parenting days for that kind of thing are past. You know, now my daughter's an adult, there's other worries, but I'm glad I don't have to worry about her being, you know, by the time she was in high school. And got her phone and and got on social media. She was pr- her behaviors were pretty much established, you know. And she never was one of those ones who got on social media a lot because she, you know, being in band and other extracurriculars, you sign these pledges that you can't be in certain spots and if there's alcohol, blah blah. So she was always very wary about social media, but and uh, the phone. But I don't know. It's just worrisome. All right, you know what else is worrisome? A guy in a white pickup truck for so many reasons. But I'll give you a specific reason after this. It's WTMJ Nights. Hey, we got a good thing. Don't know if I'ma see you again. Wow. But is that a good thing? Cause girl, I can't yeah. be your Drop man. Drop beats here no at WTMJ Nights. Put your hands in the air like you just don't care, Tommy. That's that's what he's saying, pretty much. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't blame him. That's where all our hands should be in the air. Uh, unless you're driving this truck. This is, I love a good Florida story. You know that about me. Um, now, I will 
give give some people that this this is a little bit scary, but overall to me it's funny. Um, the DeSoto County Sheriff's Office is asking drivers to keep an eye out for the Booty Patrol. It's a white truck that has been impersonating law enforcement. I guess if you see the lights behind you, you pull over. You don't stop to think, could this be the Booty Patrol? It's a Chevy Silverado. It's equipped with red and blue lights. It's also been impersonating officials in several other Florida counties as well. Uh, According to the police, the truck has green decals, including multiple decals that say Booty Patrol. So he's not trying to hide it, whoever's driving this truck. He's just out there having fun. But they say if you've been uh, anybody's been pulled over by the booty, I don't. They don't say what happens when the booty patrol pulls you over. Uh, I can only imagine. Tommy, what do you you think they asked to actually inspect your booty? Well, that that would be the Florida story. We get this is a Florida game activity. This is another yeah. one that oh, you could totally think. Yeah, this is another one. Like right. try instead of running away from a cop, you're running away from the booty patrol. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> See, you go out. You they issue everybody gets a booty patrol truck, and you go out and you see how many booties you can uh, patrol. You can patrol in a certain amount of time, and that's a gold medal if you get a lot of. Uh, a lot of big booty. Yeah, I guess if if it more you want more, or is it like golf? You want less on this? No, I think the more you can, the more you can convince people. So, so you'd be wearing a body cam, obviously. Of course, uh, all booty patrol. Fudge their numbers. We will fund the booty patrol body cams for sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, WTMJ Knights is a big sponsor of the uh, booty patrol body cams. But that way, you, that way, the judges, the international panel of judges, or as we learned the other night, just some former American gladiators, will be able to watch the video feeds and say, oh, contestant number one has actually inspected four booties. And contestant number one has only inspected one. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be some ground rules for it, too, obviously. Oh, there, you oh know. sure. There's no physical contact. We don't want any, any unlawful booty patrol. Well, I think I think we could, uh, if we had off-duty police officers riding with the booty patrol, to negate any sort of legal issues. You know, I don't know uh, if course. that would negate any legal issues. You still got pulled over by the booty patrol, and you were un- an unsuspecting, uh, you know, driver. And it doesn't say if it's if it's limited to just men or women. It seems like it's an equal opportunity booty patrol. Oh, of course. So. We'd have to add that. Wait, listen, you know before we launch the games officially, we will have our phalanx of lawyers pour over every potential legal entanglement that we could find ourselves in. It's an honest establishment. Of course. We run we run upscale games, Tommy. You know that. We're above board 100%. What are we, some slipshod, fly-by-night, Florida man games uh, promoters? We need a listener trip for this. Send, send us down there. Be the judges of the Florida games. Let's run that up the flagpole and see which way it flies. I think promotions gets behind it. Uh, we find a couple of uh, couple of account reps that uh, have questionable judgment, and they would sell it. And then, of course, it get up top and get completely shut down, as it should. We don't really, we, you know, we got other things we can do with the listeners instead of taking them somewhere to, you know. Be on the booty patrol. All right, this is, uh, let's do this. And then, I don't know where you fall on cheese. 
but we've got some cheese news, bear news, whatever we can get to. We might say hi to Justin Garcia if he is willing to pop in. we got a lot to do and not much time. It's WTMJ Night. I work so proudly we I'm going to mercifully put an end to that and tell you it is... WTMJ Nights, a few minutes left, and it is always, always my pleasure to say hello to Justin Garcia, who will be hosting Bucks Weekly coming up. Uh, Justin, first of all, happy Halloween. Did you bring Tommy any treats? Um, I did not, and not only did I not bring him any treats. Wow. I oh, ate gosh. a slice of pizza right in front of he him. He ate a couple <laughs> slices of pizza right in front of him. This is what I get. You know, which one of us got one of the other one a birthday present last birthday? I believe neither. Ah, uh, that's a lie. No. Or was it a Christmas? That was Christmas. Oh, it was Christmas. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay, I did get him a Christmas present last year. He did. I was... Uh, wow, you're I was, a lovely I was, uh, I was floored. Moved to tears, almost. As close as I can get, yeah. That's very nice. Well, now I'm sure, I'm sure this year, Justin, you will, you will go over the top. To reciprocate. Uh, if I can remember. Yeah, we'll see. Sure. Well, remember Christmas. Christmas is, Christmas is easy to forget. <laughs> Slips by. Well, I mean, the, the Bucks play that day. Oh, so, yeah. right. You know. That'll be tough. I then. just wish they'd give us some notice that it was coming or something. <laughs> well, it's yeah. not the same day every year. It's the same date, but it's not like, oh, it's right. just Tuesday. It's so that's what throws Tuesday you off, you know? Yeah, what if it's, yeah, during the week? I don't like, I don't like my Christmas on a Sunday. Oh, that's I the like worst. It, you know. Isn't that it the is best? No, 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 no. And or like do you want it on like the week. beginning of the week? Wednesday or after. That's, that's where you get more right. school I want, off, right? I yeah. want some days off. Yeah. yeah, That's what I want. And like if you get Wednesday or Thursday, it's basically free days. Because even if you don't right. take off, nobody's working those yeah, days. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, you come in if you come in to the station on a day like that, it's like a ghost town. Usually, like you've got yes. we've got to hand crank the transmitter. To we get have all those holidays around there that we we go all out here. Oh sure, there be uh, it's going to be festive. Well, c- keep me posted. That way I'll know. That way I'll know for next year because I don't want to compete with Justin this year. So we'll do a three way gift exchange. White <laughs> That'll elephant. That'll be fun. We'll do a white elephant. Maybe. Maybe Justin can procure us uh, Flava Flav's hat, sunglasses, or clock from his unbelievable performance. That was tonight. unbelievable. Um, so, how, how does Flava Flav get to be singing the national anthem? Well, he has a relationship with Marjan Beauchamp, so I think okay. that kind of opened the door and greased the wheels there. Um, but so the way things work is about uh, what an hour forty-five minutes before the game, we'll hear from Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin. And 15 minutes after that, so 90 minutes before tip, we hear from the uh, opponent head coach. And where the opponent coach talks, it's in a locker room that's like right by the entrance into the arena. And as he's talking and we're all in there, you could hear something, this wailing sound in the background that was going on forever. (laughs) And none of us had any idea what it was. And I, like they usually will do sound checks with whoever's doing the national right. anthem at that point, but you you hear this noise and you're like, I don't know what this is. It's usually the national anthem, right? Like this can't be national anthem practice. So I leave there and and get back up to the booth, and our radio engineer Ryan Elliott says, uh, "By the way, guys, Flavor Flav is doing the national anthem tonight." Yes. And then you're like, "Oh, that's what I heard." Awesome. Oh and I mean, these as you know. Brian is, I'm sure, an experienced uh, 
person that uh, partakes in some of this during the Super Bowl when you can guess how long is the national anthem going to be. Sure. It's usually what, like a minute 45, yeah, somewhere two minutes, there. somewhere like that? Something like that. Um, our engineer prepped us and said, listen, if it's anything like what I heard, we're going to be short for time because this is probably going to be over four minutes. And like, it <laughs> well, was at, at least end, three minutes. Really, yeah, it kept yeah, going. He kept pumping out the Braves. How I... All right, we only see it on TV. You were there. How did the crowd react? I think it was uh, just a lot of like slack jawed amazement. It was kind of <laughs> like when uh, when Ja Rule performed at halftime a couple of oh, years ago. Yeah, that was sick. Too. Where it was the same thing of like, all yeah. right, Ja Rule, this will be interesting. And then you sure. get into it and you're like, oh, yeah, so this Better is why paper. Ja Rule's. Doing halftime of a basketball game. Exactly. Okay. Well, listen, I don't want to keep you. You've got Bucks Weekly coming up on the other side of the news. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening, being part of the show. Tommy, thanks as always for everything. I will be back with you on Thursday. Uh, what is it, eight, seven? Some, I don't know. Check your local listings. We'll be back. Uh, have a great night. Justin's after the news on WTMJ.